Hey there. First of all, if you are a regular listener, I just wanted to make sure that you notice that there are two episodes that were published today, this episode and episode 35. Episode 35 should show as the older of the two episodes since it was uploaded first. This episode that you're listening to now is a shorter one. It's bonus audio, and I didn't want to include that with the other episode because it was already over an hour long. And really, this audio stands on its own. Okay, with that said, here's what you can expect from this bonus episode. This is 14-ish minutes of Kat Wilkins and I talking. Kat shares with me her thoughts on the Disney movie Encanto and how it relates to their story and really anyone who's tried to point out the cracks in a system where people are determined to not see them. So spoilers abound in this. Don't say I didn't warn you. Here's our conversation. It's a toxic family system where all these people have abilities and the person who's left out is trying to put the pieces together and understand what happened in the history and what happened to this uncle who left and nobody's heard from him. What really is the truth here? And mean in the meanwhile, the matriarch is employing all sorts of methods of image management as the magic starts to break down and blaming the person who's putting the pieces together. Based on what I've said or in the movie, <laughs> what character do you think Colby and I are in the story? I don't remember everybody's names, but I mean, yeah. you're threatening the magic of the house, right? You mm-hmm. are questioning some things. Mm-hmm. Some things are already broken. Yeah. Likely before you showed up. Yeah. Your existence caused that to be unable to be hidden any longer. Yeah. I don't know. You weren't like looking for anything. You also didn't have the gifts that protected the image of the house. Yeah. I think we thought of ourselves as Mirabelle for a long time. And as there have been a few other people leaving the church, it's kind of been fun to think of them as the Mirabelle and us as the Bruno character. Like they don't talk about us anymore. If people try to bring it up, it's like, no, 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 you know, there's this, no, 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 we don't talk about it. But okay. The moment in the song where they're singing about, no, 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 we don't talk about Bruno, but then they go, but, and then they start telling the stories, right? So it's like, we don't talk about him. That's the accepted narrative. Sure. But when you get close enough, you start to hear things. In the song, there's this moment when Camilo, the cousin who's the shapeshifter, he turns into, as they're singing about Bruno, right? He turns into Bruno and the lyrics are, he's seven feet tall. Okay. So We haven't heard from this guy or seen him in years, but notice how the narrative has turned to he's seven feet tall. There's rats on his back. (laughs) And the image is, is, is of him with these like really evil looking rats on his back. The words are, he sees your dreams and he feasts on your screams. Right. And so you're like, oh my gosh, this guy sounds horrible. Stay away from him. And the image, right? The story that gets passed on is he's larger than life evil. Mm -hmm. There's this dehumanizing that happened. So that moment to me was like, oh my gosh, this is it. The other part about Bruno is that you find out, right, that he's actually hasn't left. He's there between the walls. He's been living between the walls, probably partly because he doesn't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. 
probably partly because he just loves his family. And there's this thing where this part in the movie where he goes, or no, where the family says, Bruno ruined this family. I think Abuela says that. And Mirabel goes, Bruno loved this family. We loved our church. That was why we told the truth. And that was Bruno's gift was he could see the future. And so he would give these prophecies of things that were going to happen and people would couldn't handle it. it you know, and, and I guess the story is that there was a prophecy specifically where he's not making this happen, but he sees yeah. in his prophecy the image of the house falling apart, right? And so what they do to this prophet is either explicitly or implicitly, whatever the way they're treating him is to cast him out. <clears throat> but anyway, so he's living between the walls with the rats, literally with the rats, I just thought about this, how we were called slanderers and it silenced us so that we had no choice but to hide between the walls and take our concerns to the the rats. Like what's happening in the church right now, actually, this is what resonates a little bit more with me. What happened, what's happening in the church now is that there's all these rumblings underground and if, if the leadership knew about any of that, they would be calling them gossips and slanders. But what happens when the system of leaders is not safe for feedback yeah. and accountability is that the people who are truth tellers have to go behind the walls yeah. in the gutters with the rats. And then they're villainized for doing the very thing that they had no choice over. Yeah. Another moment that really I just love so much. There's so many in the movie, but at the very end, well, let me think here. Oh, you know, with the cracks that the cracks in the house that Mirabel is seeing, it shows these moments where when she, uh, when the family is at odds and when there's this image management strategy happening and Abuela is blaming Mirabel, the cracks get bigger. The very thing that the system is trying to do to protect itself is actually making it crumble. Yeah. And in the moment with the song with Mirabella and uh, Isabella, where at the very end it switches, it starts off with Mirabella coming to her sister and going, okay, I think we're supposed to hug it out because there's something about the prophecy and like very, you know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think? Just kind of hesitant and like, okay, you know, my sister who like is perfect and so annoying. <clears throat> and through this story, her sister ends up learning to do something new with her power. And she's wrestling with this process of kind of freedom in herself. And through the song, Mirabel says, you've changed my mind. Like you've helped me see, like you're changing minds. You've changed mine. And that her sister saying, this is because of you. Like you gave me the freedom to explore this new side of me. And then the cracks in the house repair. So the, the idea of truth and beauty and goodness and creativity and freedom to yeah. even make mistakes. You That's know, what saves us, right? Yes. Like living through the spirit, by the spirit, in step with the spirit, rather than in the image of the senior pastor. Yeah. And saying the yeah. thing that you think might cost everything could just mm-hmm. be the thing. Yeah. That saves. It. But in the moment, at the very end, they lose the magic. 
Don't want to give any spoilers here. Don't worry, there's a happy ending. Because it's a Disney movie where it ends up being the people in the community who they'd hidden the truth from. The people in the community come in and rebuild the home, right? So there's this unifying, healing, rebuilding of what was lost, right? There's like the, even the biblical image of like rebuilding what was lost to the locusts. And yeah. and just so restoration. So, yes, give me so much hope. Rebuilt the ruins, right? Um, so the community, right? It's not magic. It's not this mystical fairy tale thing. It's people laying down, and there's they come as they're coming. They're saying, "We have no gifts. We have no gifts, but we have ourselves. Yeah, and we'll do anything for for you." So they build this house, and at the very end. Spoiler alert, turn this <laughs> podcast off right now. Trigger warning if you don't like movie spoilers. <laughs> but there's this in the song where I'm trying to think, I guess before that, because I do want to talk about that moment at the river with Abuela, right? Where Mirabel runs away because she feels so ashamed. She's blaming herself for the destruction of everything. She's sitting by the river. They're all looking for her. Abuela comes to her, which is really beautiful. There's like that tenderness there. There's some humility, right? There's just that thing that we all want to see yeah. in, in that leader and sits with her and says, I haven't been here since the day the thing happened. Mm. And that's when Mirabel realizes this is where, this is where you lost Abuelo. And so you can see this, like she's having this moment of the trauma kept her away, right? This is a really triggering place for her. The trauma keeps her away, but she goes back to the scene of the loss. Like she faces it Mm -hmm. in order to pursue her dear granddaughter who she's harmed so deeply. Oh, I wish I could remember the order of this because I don't know if it's that important, but there's this moment where Mirabel looks into Abuela's eyes and holds her hands and says, you've been through so much. Mm. And you've been so strong. I'm crying about a Disney movie right now. (laughs) And she says, I finally see. Right. So Mirabel seeing the pain in Abuela gives her this tenderness toward her. And it's actually that tenderness that helps spur on Abuela's healing, where she goes, I blamed you for hurting our family. And Mirabel, you never hurt this family. You were sent to help this family. Again, I'm like a little embarrassed that I'm crying about Abuela and Mirabel. Oh my gosh, like the words we long to hear, right? Like I just wonder if, would you, if somebody high up in Ramsey would come to you and your husband and they, you never wanted to tear us down. You just wanted to love us. Yeah. Like how meaningful that would be. How many people would just give anything (sighs) to hear that from the person? Yes. That discarded them for their own their own comfort and power. Yeah, so that moment happens. You might have to switch the order because that happens. And then yeah. they go, well, actually, then Bruno shows up right at the river. And he goes, uh, it's my fault. Don't blame me, Arabelle. Everything, like, it's all me. And she just runs to Bruno and holds him, her son, who she hasn't seen in years. And there's all this repair, right? There's the cracks in the casita that, I mean, that church fell. That casita, our casita might need to fall apart 
and be rubble and ash. I don't know the story God's writing. I know that it's a good story and I know that it's a his beauty that he's writing from it. And I just hope I'm like a part of the pen and I know I am and we all are, right? But yeah. they then go, Bruno shows up in the rubble and it's funny because there's this moment where they're like, one of the cousins is like, uh, are we going to talk about Bruno? Like he's right here. Like, are we going to talk about him? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, whoa, this is different. And then the little cousin, the little newer cousin goes, oh, this is Bruno? Like he's like five years old. You know, so it's like the family's rediscovering each other. Bruno says, yeah, I guess it's time to talk about me. There's a lot that could be said, but there's a bunch of apologies I need to say first. And you know what? Sure. I mean, no one does this perfectly. And and maybe he did have apologies to say, but he starts talking, right? He's kind of going, blah, 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 blah. and then the sister just goes, we're just happy that you're here. And it's really great and sweet. But then, right, then the rubble is there. And Abuela says, there's this moment in the song. So, right, she's already had this reconciliation with Mirabel and Bruno, her, her long lost son. Mm-hmm. And she looks at it and she says, I'm so sorry. In the song, I wish I could remember the lyrics because I've had this memorized. She goes, I'm sorry that I was too, like that I was so afraid to lose you. Something like I held on too tight and it hurt this, you know, something like that. But the town comes, they rebuild the house, the little cousin. So there's this passing on of the doorknob, right? And that's an allusion to the earlier magic when Mirabelle as a child put her hand on the doorknob and there was no gift for her. Mm-hmm. And it was so devastating. But she gives, she's given the doorknob and they say, Bruno says, you're the real gift, kid. Let us in to this new place. You're the real gift. Mm-hmm. She was the gift. And she goes, and as she's walking towards the door, there's the reprise of the song that you've heard before, which is so cool, and music is amazing, and it's, I think, part of how God talks to us, because it, it, it wakes up a part of our brain and bodies that just verbal yeah. talking doesn't. So she's walking toward the doorknob, and then the music, that you, it's familiar music by this time, it's that kind of theme, and the sisters and the aunt and the uncle and the cousins and abuela they say they sing to abuela to mirabel we see how bright you burn we see how brave you've been mm. and it's just the way they speak life into her when she was so it's just really sweet and moving yeah. 